Ah, yes, indeed. Hour number two on a Wednesday. Hope you had a great Valentine's Day. We head off into the offseason for football season, but you know it never dies for us around here. 59 days till the spring game for Texas. NFL draft hits in 71 days, and now we've crept under 200 days till the first Longhorn game. See, it's going to be here before you know it. 199 days till Texas cranks up their final season in the Big 12 for football. Let's get into some Longhorn stuff and some NFL stuff on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. It is our weekly visit with Justin Wells of Inside Texas on 3.com. By the way, I'm Chad Hastings. Isaiah Collier is here as well. Justin Wells at Justin Wells 2424 on Twitter. Justin, how are you, man? Hey, now. What's going on, gentlemen? Not a whole lot. Valentine's Day good for you and yours? Hey, man, that's just another day. That's now, what I'm talking about. My son, my son had a blast. Okay. He, he, he had a blast. He got a bunch of Valentines at school. He got to give out some presents. He had a blast. For me, Valentines is just another day that I get to save my money. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Nothing wrong with that at all. Um, all right, before we get into some uh, Longhorn basketball talk, I wanted to get a couple of draft thoughts from you. You're a Cowboys fan like me, and I know you follow, obviously you follow the, the football talent moving from one step to another. So let me start with your thoughts on what the Texans might be looking at here at the top of the draft. If you're choosing between Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, from what you've seen, what would you do? Bryce Young, don't overthink this. They're going to look at C.J. Stroud, and they're going to see the big, big arm, big prototypical guy, uh, athlete, can do a lot of stuff, can get verbal. Don't overthink this, okay? <laughs> Bryce Young is going to play in the NFL for a long time. There is no reason to pass up this, this, this opportunity. I don't care if he's a little small. The NFL has proven you don't have to be gigantic to 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 be able to, to succeed. Bryce Young is that guy. They need a guy to lead this franchise, and that's the guy. they got to have a quarterback. It's a no-brainer pick there. They have to go quarterback. I go Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud. Don't overthink this, Houston. Okay. Zay, would you agree with that? Yeah, 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 I would. Yeah, I think yeah. I would too. Yeah, that that I mean, they're both both could be really interesting in the NFL. I would lean. Maybe I maybe it's because I'm I watch a little more SEC than I do Big Ten, but I would definitely go with Young. Yeah, DJ Stroud did show Young us just, something in that game in that game against Georgia. He showed us a lot though. He did look good in that game against Georgia. That's that's fair. That's fair. What were you gonna say, Justin? I was gonna say Bryce. You know, CJ's a great quarterback. Don't get it twisted. He's gonna probably go four to Indianapolis and be just fine. And, and get to hang out with Sam Ellinger. But, look, Bryce Young is the guy. He's just he, he's the total package. There's so many things about Bryce Young, not just on the field, but off the field. This kid, this is a kid that, you know, we get the pleasure of, rec- uh, of covering and recruiting uh, when he was uh, out in California. And, listen, man, his family is great. Bryce Young is a no-brainer. I wouldn't overthink it, Houston. Hmm. Jay Wells, last week it was announced the five Texas Longhorns that will be at the Combine in Indianapolis. Keontre Coburn, Demarion Overshow, Moro Ojomo, Rojo, and Bijan Robinson. What are you looking for out of those five guys, or which player out of those five guys are you looking to really improve their stock uh, at the Combine? I think Demarion Overshone has the most to prove. I think he has... Outside of Bijan, the most NFL upside. 
but he doesn't have a position. I know he's played some linebacker. I know he's played some safety. I know he's played a little bit in between at Texas. But he's got to show that he can be healthy, and he's got to show that he can find a position in the NFL. Now, and, he, and he's, the, he's really the, the, the main question mark for me. Now, Overshone's going to bring an Isaiah Simmons-type athleticism to the league, and I think he's going to test really well, too. That's something that, that I think goes unnoticed. But, you know, DeMarvion is such a good kid, such a good soul, and I think once he gets into the interviews and once, he, once, once franchises start to break him down, they're going to see a great future player. He just has to find the right position. Granted, it's probably going to be outside linebacker at the next level, and, and that's probably where he fits best. But don't forget, this kid could play some safety back in the day. And right now, I, I'm telling you, I think the best bet would be Overshone kind of proving some guys wrong with his health and with all the things that go with that. Him at the Combine should be really interesting. Watching the different, uh, going through different drills uh, with Overshone, that should be a lot of fun. We're talking with Justin Wells. Justin, speaking of Combines, which leads to drafts, I should let you know on the record, Isaiah has let everybody know, if the Cowboys get Bijan, he's officially a Cowboys fan. So that's what you and I need to hope for. He's willing to join the bandwagon. Uh, for you as a Cowboys fan, at 26, if Bijan's on the board, should they take him? And then if he's not, what do you want him to do? How can y'all put me on the spot like this? <laughs> knowing I cover Texas, knowing I love the Dallas Cowboys, anything I say negative is going to be taken out of context. But seriously, <laughs> no. Dallas does not need to trap John Robinson. Dallas is very close in the NFC. We saw what the Eagles did in the Super Bowl. Dallas is right behind them. I think adding a Bijan Robinson doesn't fix that. They've got Zeke Elliott. They've got a Tony Pollard that's hopefully going to try to re-sign. I don't think that's the move to make. I, I honestly think you've got to go corner. Last year, we, by the end of the season, Dallas had started the last seven games, seven different corners. You can't have that. We had so many entries to that back end. They have got to fix that secondary. I'd love to see him go corner. And, yeah, Bijan and Dallas would be a blast. Seeing him with the star in his helmet, Absolutely. If they were to make a, a draft day trade and, and trade up, you know, and, and send say Zeke Elliott to the Panthers for the, you know, for their pick, and they pick Bijan, I'm okay with that. That's a great scenario. I just don't see that happening. I think Bijan's going to go in the mid first round. He's not going to be there at 26 anyway. I was wearing the star. I mean, there's not a whole lot of things that would make me happier, but that doesn't make the Dallas Cowboys any closer. To getting to the Super Bowl, and that doesn't put them any closer to beating Philadelphia. What does is adding another wide receiver, adding a pair of corners, and maybe, maybe getting another inside linebacker while we're at it. Yeah, okay. Interesting. Jay Wells, last week, Quinn Ewers got a fresh cut, and you know, <laughs> you talk about it all the time. Quinn Ewers stepping up to be a leader. Well, even though some that might be minor for some, that's major for me on the growth of him. And you know, just the mullet meant a lot of party. Now, the fresh fade for me, that means all about business, and that's a huge step in becoming a leader. Do you think this is just the next step for Quinn Ewers and just you know, already having you know, the locker rooms back, but just another step on his growth you know it's funny you know you know my grandfather used to tell me you could tell a man by his haircut and for Quinn Ewers it, it seems almost silly but truthfully I think this is him trying to, to to be more professional you know it used to be business in the front party in the back now it's business on both sides 
And I think that's what Texas fans want to see. Quinn Ewers has a big year ahead of him. If he has, a, if he has the, the year that he's capable of having, he's going to go in the first or second round of next year's draft. He's got that 12 months right ahead of him. And by getting rid of the mullet, I personally love the mullet. I, I think he should have kept it. I think there, there, there was a sales point there. There could have been mullet wigs going out everywhere, you know, for, for, for his first home game. But listen, Quinn is, is, is Quinn's growing. Quinn's maturing. And I know if you think, well, if it takes a haircut to do that, listen, guys, he's doing a lot of things behind the scenes to become more of a leader. All you see is the haircut, you know, on social media. There's more in there's more that he's going into. And I think that's the best thing Texas fans can take from it. Yeah, the mullet may be gone. But now it's business in the front and the back. And if I'm a Texas fan, that's exactly what I want my starting quarterback to be like. Certainly needs to be a lot of business in 2023 uh, for Quinn and the Longhorns. We'll see what it looks like. Talking with Justin Wells, Inside Texas on 3.com. Justin, let's get some Texas basketball thoughts from you. Two real wake-up calls for this team. The wake-up call they got in Lubbock was one thing. And if they were paying attention last night, Oklahoma showed them that on any given night, they are extremely dangerous too. What do you make of where this team is now headed into that game on Saturday? Actually, I think the team is status quo. I don't think it's any different. I think what we're seeing is the gauntlet of the Big 12. You're not going to go through this conference unscathed. It's not going to happen. Plus, when you go out to Lubbock, nothing makes Texas Tech's year more than beating Texas one night. I mean, I'm telling you, they're still celebrating today. They're scheduling a parade for tomorrow. That's how big a deal it is to Texas Tech. And listen, if you watch that game, Texas Tech played completely over their head. And they do that. That's what happens when you play Texas. That's what happens when you play a rival. But give the Red Ravers credit. They played really, really well. I think Texas took it on the chin and, 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 you know, buckled up and get ready for the next one. Oklahoma's always going to be a tough matchup, obviously, because of the rivalry, but also because Porter Mosier, that's a defensive team. That's a defensive-minded man. They're going to play hard, really, really hard. And so that's the big – that's what happened in the Big 12, guys. This is, you know, this is just something that we've kept talking about for the last few months. You know, just get through this conference schedule. Just get through it as healthy as possible to set yourself up really well in the tournament, the Big 12 tournament, and then, then, then you could look at a one, two, possibly three seed in the NCAA tournament. That's still on the table. Nothing has changed there. The only thing that's changed is we know the Big 12 is absolute hell to go through twice a week. And when you go to Lubbock, you have to prepare for the Red Raiders to play over their head because that's exactly what they did to get the win. Jay Wells, Rodney Terry right now, he's doing all the right things, and he just got that pay raise, which is well-deserved. And last night he was down there in Duncanville celebrating Ron Holland, you know, senior night. So he's checking those boxes on making sure those big-time commits are still locked in and coming to Texas. How are you feel about Rodney Terry and the good job that he's done thus far? Man, I, I, you know, I think it's awesome. Like, such a tough situation in a circumstance to put a head coach in, especially at this level. And Rodney Terry has taken it, and, and he's done everything that's been asked of him. Get the team galvanized, did that. Get the offense clicking better, did that. Get the, de- the depth on the bench a little bit deeper, did that. Rodney Terry's done everything that's asked of him. And, and, and don't, don't be surprised. Rodney Terry's a great coach. This guy was a head coach. He came back to Texas because he loved the school as an assistant. 
that was substantial. And the fact that Ron Holland has signed and, and is a big fan of Rodney Terry, I think really helps, especially in, in, in keeping that guy in the fold. You know, Ron Holland has had one of the you know, most spectacular high school careers in Texas basketball history. He has done so many things, and I think he's actually going to be playing for, for Team USA, the under-18 team, in the next summer. And so this is a guy that's got gold medals, he's got state championships, and he's got one thing he really likes about Texas. That's Rodney Terry. And the fact that Terry's been able to, to keep this, this, this boat afloat and keep them ahead in some instances, I think it's huge. You know, any time you're coming off of losing your head coach in the circumstance that you did, guys, that's asking a lot. I mean, you're asking a lot because these players came to play for Chris Beard ultimately, but they've all got great relationships with Coach Terry. Coach Terry built those in the recruiting of, of guys like, a, you know, a Trey Johnson, guys of, of, of like a, a Ronald Holland. Those are guys that he's built relationships with, and ultimately that's, that's what matters when it comes to recruiting. Terry's done a fantastic job. If it wasn't for what Jerome Tang has done in Manhattan for mm. Kansas State, I would probably give my vote to Terry for Big 12 Coach of the Year right now. Man, Jay Wells, the way Kansas State's looking, might be a real chance for Coach Terry to win that. But let me ask you this. You made a great you know, point on Ron Holland on how decorated he is as a high school basketball player in Texas. Who had a better high school basketball career, especially if Duncanville wins another state championship this year, Kyler Murray or Ron Holland? I don't think Duncanville can win. Oh, I think that's they're. Right. I think they're. I, I think they're ineligible. I think their season actually ended last night. If I, I may be wrong, but I believe that's the, that's the case. I forgot the Coach Peavy <laughs> thing. No. Right, right, right. But you know, but that's still a legit question. Um, Kyler Murray. <laughs> I mean, you gotta give it to Kyler Murray. I don't think he lost in high school. <laughs> I, I think he, I think he went undefeated for three years. Yeah, I know yeah. he did for two years. I think you're he, right. He, he pushed this, he pushed the standard so far out of whack. I, there's no one that's going to be able to measure up to that at the highest level in high school football in six A for Allen. I, you know, I, I, I'm the last person to give Kyler Murray any sort of credit uh, because you know he's absolute poison. But from, 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 you know, from, a, from a high school standpoint, he did a little bit more than Ron Holland did. Um, granted, different sport, different circumstance. But, yeah, I'd probably lean towards Kyler, even though I'm a bigger Ron Holland fan. All right. Um, just something to ponder, Justin, after you were talking about, we were talking about Texas basketball and watching the reaction in Lubbock the other night. Serious question here. Do you think Texas Tech fans might enjoy beating Texas even more than Aggies and Sooners do? Yes. Yes, because Aggies and Sooners have always been the team that wanted to beat Texas. And Tech was just another team. Tech was just, well, that's that, that's that school in Lubbock where the town smells like cow crap. <laughs> you know, that's all Tech's ever been. Right. Now that Tech's had some success, I think that's where you're seeing kind of that, ins- that they're in- you know, insinuating that, that, that they're in that conversation now. Listen, Texas and Texas Tech have had some really good battles. It reminds me kind of of Baylor basketball 10 years ago. Baylor was also kind of the, the other team in, in one of the worst towns in the state of Texas. And then, you know, Scott Drew came through. They've really revamped the program. They won a national title. They, they've, played, they've played really well. And so they've kind of pushed themselves into that conversation. Absolutely. Texas Tech looks at beating Texas the same way Oklahoma and, and Texas A&M do. 
They've been raised that way their entire life. They don't have any other way of thinking. It's, it's, it's that kind of level of thinking. And that's why I, I think you, you have such animosity when, when you go over to that school and you take their head coach like it's nothing. Right. I, I think that builds up some, some, some of the, 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 the animosity and some of the you know, hate that goes into it. But Texas Tech has been you know, on the sideline for 50, 60 years. And all of a sudden, they've won a few games. They've had some success in football. Joey McGuire's doing a good job. Tim Tadlock's done a tremendous job with the baseball program. That's another uh, bump there. And now Mark Adams, they're, they're not having a great year, but they're still a good team with some good talent. Texas Tech is, is a formidable opponent. They just have never viewed themselves that way before. Right. They've always looked at it as, well, A&M and Oklahoma are Texas rivals. Well, why can't they be? And they're trying to assert themselves. Give them credit. I, you, have to, you have to at least tip the cap. But absolutely, they love beating Texas. They love beating Texas more than they love themselves. <laughs> that, that may be true as well. Maybe that's how I should have asked it. That's Justin Wells, InsideTexasOn3.com, at JustinWells2424 on Twitter. Justin, always good to talk to you, brother. Have a great week. We'll hit you next week. Hey, nothing but love, guys. Thanks, Jay Wells. Good stuff there as we uh, get closer to that Texas and Oklahoma game on Saturday. Longhorn basketball trying to bounce back from that night in Lubbock. Up next, we'll get you a flex segment. High school basketball headed towards the playoffs tonight. Wednesday night flex returns to its normal time. Wednesdays at 7. Zach Lucero coming up next to let you know who's going to be on the show. And we'll talk some high school stuff with him. Stay with us. It's the Horn. Oh, come on now. All right, so you would have been too young when this song hit. But does this song matter to you at all? Like, no. No. Dig it at all? Yes. Yeah, okay. So this is Faith No More. That's right. The song is called Epic. That's right. And it is easily their biggest hit. Now, they had some other good stuff I like. We Care A Lot and Fall Into Pieces and other things. The cool, The thing I always remember about this band this lead singer, his name is Mike Patton, and he's one of those guys that has a vocal range that not many have. And you wouldn't think of it because it's in this kind of metal band, and they also give you a little bit of that funky, like... Little hip-hop. Little hip-hop-y, little, rapping, a yeah. little rappy, a little Red Hot Chili Peppery kind of thing. They could bring that funk. Um, Mike Patton apparently has that six-octave range, if you needed what? it. He's, he's one of those guys. And an incredible, uh, incredible on-stage performer. They just never, like for a while. I mean, this thing was huge. They never quite fit in anywhere. They were just such a unique band. Shout out to Faith No More, but there was nobody. There was nobody like Faith No More. Really, before them or after them, they were a specific kind of band. But Epic was just that. It was such a massive hit for them. Faith No More, TNT, and The Rascals have all been on the show today. Chad and Zay with you on this Wednesday. Thanks to Justin Wells for his time. And uh, we are going to get into a flex discussion here. want to remind you, ball don't lie. Tonight, uh, this afternoon, of course, with Rod and Harge. And then at 7 o'clock, it is Wednesday night flex, returning to its normal time. Wednesdays at 7. Let's get into the flex segment here. We're going to talk to Zach Lucero and find out what's going on on tonight's show.
Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. Before we get to Zach, some shout out to uh, Flex, some Flex athletes here. Go to flxatx on Twitter, uh, social media. I see Andrew Petter, the young man from Georgetown. Well, excuse me, Georgetown. One of the, yes, a Georgetown running back. Uh, one of the studs out there in the 24 class. We talked about Andrew throughout last season. He was a big part of what Georgetown was doing. He just got his first D1 offer from UTRGV. And I saw Flex retweeting that. Shout out to uh, Andrew. Um, also, you see basketball teams, boys and girls posting videos to Flex. I even saw a track and field uh, group over there at I think it was St. Michael's that was getting their season started, getting some workouts started, throwing some um, throwing some slow motion long jump practice in uh, that Flex was checking out today. So when we say Flex covers it all, Flex covers it all. Xander Romero out at St. Michael's uh, with a nice long jump video if you want to check it out at FLXATX on your social media. And again, Wednesday Night Flex tonight covering all kinds of high school sports. Zach Lucero and Cameron Parker will bring it to you. Zach Lucero, nice enough to join us on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. What's up, Zach? What's up, guys? How y'all doing? What up, Zach? I'm doing well. Uh, I have a strange question for you to start. Because you know I kind of got, you know, I've been interested in that Vandegrift football team for a few years. I see Alex Foster uh, got named uh, second team All-State, which was very cool. But the question I was going to ask you is about Hayden Arnold. I see him posting videos that Flex and you guys have been retweeting him, and he's out there kicking and stuff, and he was named uh, to a couple of All-State teams and everything at kicker. But I haven't heard anything about him at the next level, and he's class of 23 Anything on Hayden Arnold and like, is he going to keep kicking or is that part of it done for him? Do you know? You know, I mean, uh, the fact that he's posting all those videos, I think just goes to show that he wants to, um, he just maybe hasn't quite gotten the opportunities that, that are maybe the opportunities he's gotten aren't quite to a level that he knows that he can kick at. So, I mean, that's really all you can do as a high schooler getting recruited is just posting those videos and, and, and trying to get your name out there, which is what, what we all try to do is, is try to retweet these things and get as many eyes on these kids whenever they're posting videos like that and, and, and trying to go for the exposure, which ultimately will result in a scholarship offer for them. But, you know, Chad, that's a, that's a really good uh, future guest um, suggestion there that we can have Hayden Arnold on and talk about it. And, and you know, Vandergriff is still relatively new at getting guys recruited to the highest, highest level like we've seen this year with Ian Reed and, and, uh, and Damian Wimberly and, and Blake Frazier coming up. And we talked to Coach Sanders about that last week. So hopefully uh, ho- hopefully here pretty soon, Hayden Arnold is a guy that will be able to benefit from that. Yeah, very cool. Zach, last night was kind of the end of the season for boys high school basketball in the area. Out of all the teams that we cover, who has surprised you the most this year that you could see making a run uh, into the playoffs? I mean, I think that's the easy answer. I think if you would ask, uh, if someone would ask you that, you'd probably say the same thing, and that's Peter Johnson. I mean, just the, the rise of that program and as a whole, as athletic department, I mean, we see what they've done in football, um, getting their offensive coordinator of the job at Hutto. We see what they can do in baseball. Um, but basketball, I think, in a district that's, that's always going to be kind of top-down 
with, uh, with, with Lake Travis and Westlake. Rabita Johnson have wins over both of those programs, uh, some of them even in convincing fashion. I, I think the next step for a program like that is to get uh, a couple wins in the playoffs to really kind of become a mainstay in the basketball scene there. Yeah, you're right, Zach, because last year they were really good in 5A, and I didn't know how they were going to be when they had to move up. You know, and the fact that they won district this year in basketball, their first year in 26-6A, I'm right there with you, Zach. They've been super impressive. Yeah, I mean, on the, on the, you talk about baseball, you talk about volleyball. They made playoffs for the first time in 6A this year in volleyball. Have, have a, a couple of girls going big-time D1 in volleyball. So I, I think when you think of, like, really good athletic programs in the area, obviously you think of, like, Travis and Westlake, but I think Rouse comes to mind with that, maybe like a – a Vandegrift or a Gripping Springs, but uh, I think here pretty soon we've seen Hayes have success um, and you open a new school like that, and, and I think pretty soon we'll be talking about Beta Johnson as a school that's going to be competitive in every sport. Zach, in terms of the show tonight, uh, what are you guys going to be getting into and uh, any guests lined up already? Yeah, you know, the, the first guest we have uh, around 710, we got Coach Salazar from Westlake. Uh, going to try to continue with the trend of talking to coaches. Like I said, Coach Sanders last week, going to talk to Coach Salazar, uh, just kind of about uh, speaking of really good athletic programs, talk about talk to Coach Salazar about taking over for Coach Dodge and, and what he saw from his squad uh, this, his first year as head coach. Um, still working on that, that 7.30 slot, trying to get Brody Bueno, uh, which will make the perfect uh, Chad Hastings type of show because at 7.45 we have your boy Garen Duncan, Ah. From, uh, from Dripping Springs, the recent Yale commit. Uh, so it would be really cool to talk to talk to Garen at seven forty-five. Garen is a terrible student. You can hear it in his choice, right? <laughs> I mean, there's no Yale lets anybody in, don't they? I love Garen Duncan. He's the guy that's been. He and Novasad have been boys since they were in kindergarten. Wow! And you could you could see it on the field. That guy makes amazing catches. I like Garen Duncan a lot. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. We, we were trying to get Austin Novosad for that spot, but you know he's up in Eugene, and he said, "Hey, uh, Bo Nix is taking the quarterback room out to dinner, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have to miss this one. So hopefully we can get him on in the future." But I'm like, man, that's a that's a pretty cool name drop right there. I was about to say he's name dropping to let you know why he can't come on the show. That's impressive. Yeah, I think one time he didn't come out to one of our remotes because he said. Uh, the Baylor head coach was at his house. Yeah, David, like, yeah, David Randall was at the it. crib. I, I remember it. that. Yeah. yeah, we were out at Pluckers. Oh, my God. That, yeah. that is great. Uh, check out Wednesday Night Flex coming up tonight. Remember, uh, most weeks from now all the way through to that first week of the football season, Wednesday Night Flex, talking all kinds of high school sports, getting you the guests uh, from around the area, coaches and players. You hear Zach talk about it there. So Zach and Cameron tonight. And remember, at FLXATF on your socials and you can check out flexatx.com for all the rest. Zach, we always appreciate the visit, brother. Y'all have a great show tonight. Yes, sir. Y'all too. See you. Zach. I know I'm going to be checking out some Garen Duncan now. That's Mr. Horizontal Catches, who that is. Garen Duncan making horizontal catches with his hands every time I go to see Dripping Springs play. Like, what is this kid doing? They were an absolute juggernaut this year. They were so much fun to watch. They were fun to watch. Yeah, they were great. So, Garen Duncan there uh, said he's trying to set up Brody Bueno. I've had a chance to talk to that young man. Uh, got the We talked to him out at Pluckers. Got a, the, the parents came out uh, when we were doing the all-flex team there. Brody Bueno would be, do I get this right, Hutto linebacker, right? Brody Bueno? I think Ooh. I'm right. I think I'm right on that with Brody. Um, he was on the uh, the linebacker all-flex team. And then, of course, Coach Salas 
deals are at Westlake. All that tonight, Wednesday night flex. Uh, also, as long as we're talking linebackers, I also saw this that Flex retweeted. Again, I.V. Webb, the Anderson linebacker and the state leader in tackles, uh, tweeted out recently, excited to start my next chapter at SMU. If you haven't heard, he is going to be in Dallas with SMU. So congrats to I.V. Webb. I'm so glad Zay, he ended up getting offers like that. With that many tackles, as good as he was, uh, I was hoping he would get to go to uh, a D1, and he does. Yeah, you play in one of the best districts in all of Texas, and you lead that district in tackles. Like, this is guys, you know, um, Colton Vosick's in this district. I mean, mm-hmm. the list goes on. It's a really good list, and the fact that he was top in tackles, well-deserved. So him and Damian Wimberley going to be teammates, and they might be roommates just trying to keep that little Austin connection together. Oh, that's right. Yeah, a little Vandegrift-Anderson connection there yeah. with uh, with SMU. Yeah, uh, and, and that's good to mention him, too. Damian Wimberley's going to be a lot of fun to watch at SMU. Um, yes, and I was right. How about that? Brody Bueno, Hutto. See that? The memory? Some of it still works. Not bad. The part of it that was supposed to remember to bring your Girl Scout cookies, for some reason, that didn't work. Mm. My wife had to had to intervene, but you did get your cookies, and I did remember that Brody Bueno was the Hutto linebacker, uh, and hopefully he'll be on the show with those guys tonight. All right, coming up at 2 o'clock, 2.05 or so, Chip Brown, Horns247.com. Been communicating with Chip this afternoon. He's over at UT for a baseball availability, so get a little bit with Coach Pierce and the baseball guys as they're about to start their season. We'll get Chip's thoughts on that, the basketball team, and some other Longhorn stuff, maybe get a reaction on Super Bowl 57 as well. Up next, where are we at in society? Zay will let us know. Which NFL receiver tweeted out something rude? No, that was earlier with Juju. It may be something else. We'll see. On the horn. Discounted sugar now, day after Valentine's Day. That's right. Sugar on sale, baby. Is it called sugar sugar or just one sugar? Sugar sugar. Just sugar. You got the double sugar on that one. All right, so it's a band name, right? It's not like one person. Is that right? It's the something? Yeah, it's a band. Is it something? Oh, God. It's uh, oh, man. The Hollies? The Archies. Damn it. Damn it. The Arches. I was close. I was, I was right in that area. The Arches. That'll take you back. That take, that's the kind of song that takes you back to the time, even if you didn't live during the time. If you know musical periods, you can kind of figure out where that one goes. The Arches, Faith No More, TNT, and the Rascals have all been on the show today. Uh, lots of uh, lots of basketball out there. Football never dies for us. We're talking some NFL mock drafts today. Also, Juju Smith-Schuster tweeting out things that the Eagles did not like. I would tell the Eagles just to hand off more to their running backs, and maybe they would have liked that day a little bit better. Um, or... I keep going back to that Bradbury play. Well, I held, yeah. I just didn't know if we'd get away with it. I hoped we'd get away with it. Okay, wait a second. 
One play later, one play later after that, y'all were willing to let them score a touchdown. Let them score one. Just play him straight up, and if Mahomes hits it, he hits it. And then you get the ball back. Hurts will get a chance to go tie. Your, your badass quarterback already did it once. So let him do it again. Why? It's so weird that Bradbury in that moment, after Juju had complained earlier in the game, you pointed that one out the other day, Zay. Yeah. I think that's important. Juju had already bitched about it. Great move. To get it in their brain. Great move by Juju. Play him straight up. Just play him straight up. If he beats you, he beats you. And then your offense gets a chance. But the way you did it, you commit the penalty, and then whoever it was, was it McKinnon that was smart enough to go down at the one? Yes. To slide? Then that happens and you never get the ball back. So that was the one thing I couldn't quite understand there. And then to go in and admit, yeah, I held him. Why? Why did you? You're a defender in the Super Bowl in a big moment. Make Patrick Mahomes throw that ball. That's all, that, that would have been my response. Giants fans everywhere were like, that's the Bradbury we know. <laughs> that's it. That's the Bradbury that we gave up on right there. Oh, yeah, that guy. I know, that's it. I know that guy. Because I know Giants fans have been salty all year long on how well Bradbury has done. Because they just gave him up. He was asking for a lot of money. They said, nah, we ain't willing to pay you, dog. Just and like he goes to your rival yeah. and has the season that he had. Just like I'm sure they're not exactly thrilled with what Kadarius Tony's done. Oh, yeah. For the champs now. Yeah. Not a division rival, but... Did go get a Super Bowl. Yeah, Kadarius, Tony, Daniel Jones ain't going to make you look like that, bro. No, he's not. No, he is not. Which kind of gets you back to that Juju tweet and the point the Eagles guys were trying to make. Like, Juju, come on, dude. You know, 15 is making you look like a badass. There's no need to, you know, there's no need to go after one of our guys on Twitter just because. No need to do it. Just enjoy your ring. All right. Uh, we've got uh, Chip Brown coming up from Horns247.com at 2, talking all kinds of things. Longhorn, basketball team getting ready for Oklahoma, baseball team getting ready for three SEC opponents to start the season up in Arlington. And uh, right now, though, it's where are we at in society. Let's see what Zay wants to get into. Where are we at in society today? All right, Zay, you keyed me in on the juju thing earlier. What what are we doing right here? Yeah, check your DMs, Chad. I sent you a video. Washington Wizards star Bradley Beal was fined $25,000 for, in this video you will see, Chad, he's going after a steal. The ball goes out of bounds. The ref is in his way, and he kind of runs into the ref, but then after, this is what gets him fined, he gives the ref a nice little shove, and the ref goes flying in the stands. <laughs> Just flying in the stands. Talk about, you know, they penalize these guys for flopping. This ref really sold it. Like, he, he oh. sold it. And I get it. He probably wasn't ready. And Bradley Bill, he's a strong dude. But, man, like the way he fell, wow. Now I'm, You know I'm a pro wrestling fan. I, I can appreciate a good sell, so I'm watching for that quality here. Because he does give a little bit of that. Not an out-and-out shove, but the, the key moment there is he's pressing on like his the back of his hand, and I think the official in his mind was thinking, I'm gonna he's gonna help, he's gonna grab my hand here. So it almost made his weight going backwards even worse. But yeah, there there's a sell there. I think he was a little surprised there. Bradley Beal probably needs to figure out a way to control that a little bit better. I don't know if I agree with the $25,000 fine. It's a little steep. Yeah, that's a little steep. I might, I mean, 
Did he get teed up for it? Yes, he got teed up. Okay. To me, that needs to be the end of it. Tee him up. That's what I'm talking about. Little extra, a little extra there. Go apologize to the official, but we got to tee you up for that. Which, if you get a tech, the way that he got it there, that's already 2,000 that you're out of. Is that right? So after he got a tech and after he got hit for 2,000, the NBA came back and said, oh, hell no. Nah. We ain't you for 25,000, bro. That's too much. First off, I didn't realize they were finding per technical foul. Is that true? I, I think it depends. Depends on the player, maybe? I think it depends on your contract. what exactly or... happens in the tech. Yeah, I mean, it's not good. It's obviously not good. And, and the, you know, the, official, the official's in a bad spot there, right? The official wishes he was not in that exact spot. That's on him a little bit, but it's a, that's an honest mistake. But the official's out of bounds. The ball goes out of bounds. He's not in Bradley Beal's way, which that's why he got hit with yeah, the fine true. so high. Like, yeah, Bradley right. didn't have to shove him after he already made contact. Here's all I'm t- – the one thing I will say is I'm really glad that the person he pushed is not this little kid right behind him in row two. Because if that little kid, the little floating head, if that little like three or four year old had been shoved by Bradley Beal, then you then you need to find him a lot. Would have been a little dark. <laughs> it would have been a little different. No, yeah, that's a little. That is a little bit strong. That just this is where I keep going back to in the NBA. The NBA does not appreciate. Sometimes baseball does this too. The NBA does not appreciate the value of a fellas, fellas. Let's just break it up. Move on. They need to do more of that. They need to do more of the. All right, let's all calm down. Let's all calm down, and we just move forward. That's all you needed there. Tee him up. Say, dude, you push the official, say you're sorry, or maybe not say you're sorry, whatever. But then just, you know, tee him up and go on. I didn't watch this game, but depending on how the game was being officiated, could also do to why Bradley Bill got hit so hard. Because if my man John Collins is his name, uh-huh. John Butler, I'm sorry, he's the one that got pushed as the ref. If he's calling a bad game, just blowing calls, missing calls, et cetera, and then he gets pushed yeah. by Bradley Beal, it looks a lot worse. There's only I'm trying to think of the person that I would allow Beal to shove. I don't mean a specific person, but is there anybody in an NBA game? Like, I can't think of anybody. If there's a if there was a bench player trying to stand up and block him from doing what he's doing or distract him. I'd let Beal give him a little shove. That's about all I can think of. But anybody else in that spot, out of bounds, like you pointed out, you're out of bounds, you are not trying to be in his way. He doesn't need to be doing that. And it didn't help that Bradley didn't help him up either. As you can see, Bradley's turning around and yeah. walking away. Yeah, like and at that point, as Bradley Beal, he's facing him, he can't argue that he turned his head. Dude, that's an official. Do you, you know who they are, right? This is one of those it's just it's one of those easy lines to to see. You don't need to be crossing it that way. And I'm not going to get super old fuddy-duddy on you and talk about, you know, kids. Again, there's a little kid right there in row 2. But little kids and how they might see that interaction, you got to be communicating that respect. These are the officials of the game. You can't come you can't come in contact with them that way. No, you can't. And to John Butler, the officials to his point this could have been Bradley Bill just having some pent-up animosity and emotion towards all the refs that he's had to deal with, all the bad refs that he's had to deal with throughout his whole basketball career. We're talking about yeah. high school in St. Louis, college at Florida, now in the National Basketball Association, and he's just had it. He's just had it like, these damn refs, I'm so tired of you, John Collins. Ah! 
Yeah. John Butler, ah! Just taking it out on everybody. Just taking it on everybody and John Butler. It was him that day. By the way, as someone who has been an official in basketball, and you are, of course, the greatest uh, official in Central Texas basketball history. Might be all of Texas, but we're still working on that. Yeah, we're going to try to expand that out for you. (laughs) Notice how little everybody else is reacting around that situation. Like, nobody seems to be going to his aid Yeah, as this video is ending. If I'm John Butler, I'm getting up swinging a little bit. Obviously, I know that my job's probably going to be in jeopardy, but you ain't going to push me in front of plus 15,000 people. And maybe ultimately that is why it rose up to 25,000. That's the one thing the NBA knows they can do. Like, a technical foul is one thing, but if you're going to show that level of disrespect to our official, that's why we've got to crank it up a little bit. I'm with you. I don't know that I go all the way up to $25,000, but maybe that's the statement they thought they could make. It's a statement they thought Bradley Beal would hear more than $2,000. Do you remember when those high school players took out the ref in San Antonio? John Jay. Yeah. They took out that ref. That was horrible. Was a terrible situation. Yeah. I'm sorry, but if I'm getting, I'm that ref, I'm fighting somebody tonight. I might not be able to fight the youth or the minor that took me out, but that kid has a father. That you, kid has a cousin. You find somebody. Somebody, somebody is getting the Popeye special two piece and a biscuit. <laughs> somebody, somebody's gonna get got. Uh... Because I know I think it's a felony to take out a ref, especially when they're wearing the stripes. But oh man, I would tell my wife all the time, I can't. When that happened, I can't wait till one of these kids come try me. Now, as the best basketball official in all of Texas history, I don't have those issues because I'm calling the great game no matter what. Right, like, how can you get mad at Clearly. the dark skinned brother, you know, calling the great game? He's yeah. doing his job. But if I were ever in that situation, oh, somebody getting got. Zay's out there, forearm shivering, Yo. slant routes. Boom! Oh, JBL clothesline? <laughs> Somebody's getting that. <laughs> the J- when they're on the ground, Hulk Hogan leg uh, uh The leg drop? drop. Yeah. yeah. The, the whole nine. The JBL lariat clothesline. You go with that one? <laughs> yeah, that was an all-timer. That was an all-timer. All right, there you go. Uh, we'll get that retweeted for you if you haven't seen it. Zay is at ain't that underscore Zay. I'm at... C. Hastings 104.9 on Twitter. Remember, the station is at the Horn ATX, and we get you where we at in society every day about 1.45. Up next, Chip Brown of Horns247.com, Longhorn Basketball, Longhorn Baseball, and more. Stay with us. It's the Horn.